98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up Chilliclaw for oh, this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, we are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadero. Hi, Gambo! Burns, Burnsy, what's going on? Today, Gambo, today, brought in one, two, three, four pizzas, right? Four pies. Four pies. So, yeah. for uh, those of you who do not know, uh, when the NBA season began, way back yes. when, yes. we were all asked by ArizonaSports.com, our website, to write a, a prediction piece. How many wins do you think the Phoenix Suns will have this yes. year? And we all made our various guesses, all of the hosts, all of the, the writers over there at ArizonaSports.com. And uh, after the Suns got off to a 1-3 and three start on the season, we had one of those writers in studio with us, of course, the, our resident Suns nerd, Kellen Olsen. Yes. And you were giving him grief, grief, mm. boatloads of grief, shovel loads of grief. Right. They all had the Suns winning 60 plus games. I'm like, first of all, they had a long season. They just went to the NBA finals. They uh, got no rest. Book had to go to the Olympics after it was over. Like they're going to be they got a target on their back all season long. They didn't last year have a target on their back this year. They're not going to win 60 games, 56, 57, 60. Not going to happen. So when it became very apparent that the Suns were going to win 60 games, it wasn't a bet. You weren't yeah. obligated to do so. No, not obligated at all. But you said, you know what? I will bring that web team all the pizza they can eat. I'll and bring so it today. All is, is the video out? Do we have? Have we tweeted out the video? Okay, go to the Burns and Gambo oh, Twitter page. Oh, I didn't page. Even see that. Yeah, okay. we, we updated we, the profile picture too. <laughs> the, oh, we the did. Pro, huh? The profile picture of Burns and Gambo is what. Listen, I don't want people to think I'm a nice guy or anything. So you guys are kind of ruining my uh, my, oh, my your image cred here. My yeah, cred here. Yeah, I don't well, want people to think I'm nice. If it makes you feel any better, yes. the look on your face when you're handing the pizza to Kellen. Yeah. You look pissed off and grumpy. So if that makes you feel any better, oh, okay. you right. don't look like you're happy or yeah. magnanimous or generous at all. You you look like you're take your pizza. Pretty much, yeah. Take your pizza, you, you filthy animal. Right, Here's four yeah. pies. Right, here's four pies. I, I get out of my yeah. bleeping face. I went right? to. Uh, I got uh, NYPD. Yeah. I got four pies. Can't and go I tell him come meet us, and I, and I handed them off, and then they all got to eat on me today. Everybody got lunch on me today, <laughs> and I wasn't obligated to buy anybody pizza, but I did get the four pies because they won 60 games, and everybody in the web department predicted, predicted 60 once. They said if they win 60, I'll buy you guys all lunch. Let's not let it get out there that you're a nice guy. I don't anything. want people to know. I wouldn't want anyone to think that. Let's no. weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Birds and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Suns lead Philly. Harden on the left side. Harden into the lane. Bounce it. It's picked off. The steal belongs to Bridges. Throw it up to Booker. Booker to Aiden. In the corner to Crowder. A three. Shazam! Wow! Yeah, wow. Well, was right. Al McCoy. Phoenix Suns. Ho-hum, 114-104 against the Philadelphia 76ers. Right. Their eighth straight right. win, 61-14. and 14. Now just one win away from tying the all-time franchise mark for wins in a season. Two rid- wins. Just, it is, ridi- is too easy. It's, it's ridiculous. Too, it's too easy. Right? It shouldn't be this easy. It shouldn't be this easy. I'm watching this game. Not a great quarter by Phoenix. They give up 39 points. Booker's unbelievable in the first. He's got 22. He's 8 for 11 from the field. EJ, Eddie Johnson was asking us. I would love to know this question. Get, get, get one of our nerds on this. Eddie Johnson asked a great question. How many 20-point quarters has he had in his career? 
20 points. A lot of guys don't score 20 in a game. How many 20-point games has he had in his career? He said it's really hard to do. Yeah, no kidding, EJ. But I have a great point by EJ. Uh, by halftime, three of the Sun starters had three fouls. Book had three fouls. DA had three fouls. Jay had three fouls. They're down. Um... You know, I mean, it was one of those get Book goes 0 for 3 from the field in the second quarter. They're getting out-rebounded by the worst rebounding team in the NBA, and they still win the damn game. You know, like, 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 you just scratch your head. Like, how? Like, the Sixers are playing for something. They are playing for something. Yep. The Suns clearly are not, but yet they just don't want to lose. They just have no desire to lose a basketball no, game. No, they don't. After the game, uh, Devin Booker talked about how hyped up he always gets for these. It was just a 1-1 matchup. You know what I'm saying? The best in in each conference so you know that's always a a big game for us I feel like we've done it like three times now I think Miami was one when we played them and maybe somebody else but you know that's a talented team down there that you know we could possibly see at the end Um, so we just want to make statements man we just want to come out there play play the right brand of basketball and and just wear teams down I think Eric has the stat you're looking for yeah so uh, from Stat Muse uh, Devin Booker has played in 18 quarters while scoring 20 plus points in his career give me, 18 give me, times. give me it again 18, 18 quarters of 20 plus points in his career I believe three this season I mean how do you I can't I'd love to compare that to like, to, to other like, like Kobe to to right. some of the great scorers in the NBA. Yeah, yeah look I mean up. that twenty eighteen times said twenty points in a quarter. Yeah, in a quarter. Yeah, uh, it, 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 it's it's amazing, and and we continue to be okay. Like at some point, you think we wouldn't be amazed by it anymore, but we are. They're down fifteen. They never panic. They never they never get over their skis. They never kind of lose their minds and lose their focus. Instead, they just get progressively better. Quarter by quarter, moment by moment, possession by possession, to the point where I swear to me, the most impressive thing about yesterday's win, look at the quarter by quarter point totals for Philadelphia. Okay. 39 in the first quarter. Look at the fourth. 25 in the second quarter. Right. 22 in the third quarter. Right. 18 in the fourth quarter. Wow. They scored 39 points in the first quarter. They scored 40 points total in the second half these, of that basketball they game. They shot 2 of 10 from 3 in the fourth quarter. They shot 20% from three-point range. Did the Suns just wear you out? They do. Like, did they just wear... Is it like a 12-round a boxing match where you can't win the 10th, 11th, and 12th round because you're just too tired and they're not? Seems so. It seems so, right? Because most of these games... I mean, like as soon as that game, Philly goes on with that little quick 8 nothing run. In the fourth? Uh, yeah, and suddenly it's like a one-point game and you're thinking... Yeah, Maxi hit a three. Embiid scored inside. Maxi hit another three. Embiid got fouled, number five on Jay. Hits both free throws. It's 101 to 100. And then it took about, I believe, a 90 seconds of game time. A nanosecond. And it was over. Yeah. Like, oh, Brooke, oh. Brooke has the three-point play. DA scores on a flip shot. Paul hits a mid-range jump. DA hits a free throw. Paul hits a runner. McHale steals the ball from Harden, feeds it to Book, who feeds it to DA, who finds Jay in the corner for a three. 114, 102, a minute and a half left. Ball game. Ball game's over. Just like that, the Sixers worked their ass off to make it a one point game. And in a a matter of minutes, the Suns are up by 12, and they just put the nail in the coffin. It is, again, like they have, and that streak continues. 
to where if they have the lead after three quarters, they don't lose. They haven't lost a game yet this year where they've been leading after three quarters. And look, it's incredible. It's incredible. It, it, it is. It's, it's incredible across the board. It's incredible that these are not these are not slouches that they're doing this against. Right? This is the Philadelphia 76ers, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. They did it against the Denver Nuggets the other night. It's one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They did it against Minnesota. It's one of the hottest teams in the NBA. I, I remember a week ago looking at this stretch thinking, oh, wow, man, Minnesota, Denver on the second night of back-to-back Philly. Now you got Golden State. Now you got Memphis coming up this weekend. I don't want to say it's no big deal, but it's like you're down 15 to one of the best teams in the NBA. That should be a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's never a big deal to them. No. They just kind of patiently I said, like, wear you down and grind you out. It's just like, it's e- like it's easy. It's winning basketball games is easy. It doesn't matter who you play in. It doesn't matter if you're playing a weaker team or one of the best teams in the league. It's just like, and you're doing this without Cam Johnson. Chris Paul, man, Chris Paul needed two games to get back into his rhythm. Two games, like he's yeah, fine. He's fine. He's fine. No problem. He's fine. We don't need any. Oh, we got to get Chris back. No, you're fine. Chris is fine. Uh, Eric's got some context on Devin Booker. What do you so got? So the for us? Uh, the top three players who have scored twenty point quarters. Steph Curry actually passed Kobe Bryant's record in February. He has 37 20 point quarters in his career. Kobe has 36 and Harden has 25. So that's the top three. He's gonna he's gonna and Devin pass Booker is 18 and is still early in his career. He's gonna pay, he's gonna he's halfway there to what's the record? 30? The record's 37 and Steph just said that. So 37 and counting, and counting since Steph is still playing. Active player, and Booker's yeah. 19 years old right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like he's probably gonna he's probably gonna pass that. It's I mean, possible. He's probably gonna yeah. like like he's on pace. It's certainly possible. Wow. It's certainly possible. That's, wow. Uh, next up for the Suns, they got the Golden State Warriors coming up, and of course, uh, the franchise record beckons. The next win ties it. Two more wins, they pass it. Where will they end up with when it comes to franchise wins? Where we're going to end up with on Burns and Yambo is what we're talking about next, and that is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. They have brought in another free agent, a guy we told you that they were going to have in for a visit, and so maybe this week will be a little more productive than previous weeks in terms of going out and getting guys. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. John Gambadero, Dave Burns here on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. The Arizona Cardinals went out and signed themselves a free agent today. Woo, they're on the move. <laughs> there we go. Let's go get those free agents. Wow. Let's go get those guys. Yeah, it's good to know the machinery still works yeah. over there, right? Uh, hey, they can yeah. they can still sign contracts, right? They, like they didn't run out of ink. The pens still work over at the Arizona Cardinals headquarters. Yes, they signed offensive lineman Will Hernandez, a name that uh, you had been reporting since last, almost a week ago, right? Week, yeah. Mid of last week. Mid last week, I got uh, rumblings that he was coming in for a visit this weekend. It was Sunday. We talked about it on a show Friday that Will Hernandez would be in. A lot of the national media picked up on that and uh, reported that because we were reporting it, and they signed him. Got a one-year deal for Will Hernandez. He he played at UTEP for uh, Sean Kugler. He was, you know, he's a big, physical, strong offensive lineman, so I think Kugler's really going to help him. He was a second-round pick, you know, by the New York Giants, was terrific as a rookie, um, has had some struggles here and there, uh, no question, especially as, um, you know, giving up some of those sacks last year and a little bit in the run game, but he is a big Big physical offensive lineman. And you got to think, Bernsey, getting back with Kugler 
could be just what the doctor ordered for him, right? I mean, getting back, because he wants to prove that he's worthy of a long-time deal. I heard Paul Calvisi on with uh, with uh, Luke and Wolf today, and he was talking, he had a conversation with them, and I know he was on with Luke and Wolf, and he, they talked about how, you know, that, that first year, his rookie year, was so good because he was just coming off of all that time with Sean Coogler. I think getting back with Sean Coogler is going to be a key for this kid. I didn't want to think too much into it. Um... I know, you know, things haven't been going as smooth as, as they could have these last few years. So I'm not going to, you know, sit here and demand anything or, or say I want this or that. I'm going to take what I can get, and I'm going to show why I deserve um, what it is that I want later on um, after, you know, I show um, what it is exactly that I can do. I'm not, I'm not too uh, picky right now on... On having what I want, what I want to have, multi-year. I, I want to come out here. My mentality is come out here, show why I deserve it, and then get it done. But it stands to reason you're on a one-year deal. You're on a prove-it deal. You're trying to earn money for your next deal. I love those guys because you, you know they're going to give you everything they got. They are, and, and they're going to be hungry, and, and and they're going to come out, and and so he goes somewhere where he's got like the ultimate comfort zone, and, and for him that's Coach Sean Coogler, and so he chooses Arizona for that very same reason. Now, I mean, the Cardinals have, I mean, in some ways, you think about. It. They did pretty well with themselves when it comes to some of these one-year deals, especially recently, right? I mean, James Conner that turned out to be that turned out to be so good they probably overpaid him to bring him back off of a one-year deal. Well, I like the one-year guys. I mean, you get a Jordan Phillips on a three-year guy. The guys are getting paid, they're getting all this money guaranteed. These one-year guys, there is a feeling like you know, listen, he was a good football player. He got drafted in the second round for a reason. He was a, he's a big, strong offensive lineman. He'll play right guard. Josh Jones doesn't seem you know suited to play guard. He seems more like a tackle. So I think he'll be your backup tackle. And you just you know you lose Max Garcia, which we'll talk about in a second. But you bring in a guy like like Will Hernandez, big, physical, strong offensive lineman. You pencil him in at right guard. You let him play there and let him prove that he's worthy of that contract. Now, if it's with somebody else, fine. But if it's with you, great. But either way, let him go out there and have a great year. Now, you mentioned Will was on with uh, Wolf and Luke today, and he talked about that relationship that he has with Coach Kugler. First of all, me and Coach Kugler have a great relationship. Um, we're very tight. We respect one another. Um, you know, and, and and to be honest with you. He He's one of the biggest reasons why I even made it into the NFL in the first place. Uh, he took me into UTEP and uh, molded me to the player that that, that I am. And uh, I I, I, uh, I have a lot to thank that guy for. So what better way to come out here and uh, bust my butt for him and the team? Uh, and one more from Hernandez on blocking for Kyler. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know exactly. You know how he plays. I've seen. I've watched a lot of film on him. Um, you know, I'm excited, and 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 I know. I know exactly what what it is. You know, a lot, a lot more movement, a lot more plays with his feet, a lot more holding your block longer, staying in front of your man longer. Like, there's going to be no surprises. Uh, I know exactly what it is. I'm preparing for all that now. I'm training um, more than ever just to you know be able to go in and 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 not be surprised by this and um yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited he's a great quarterback and uh i'm just excited to be able to get in front of him and and protect him with my life now you mentioned max garcia and in some ways it was almost like there was an unofficial trade that went down today in the national football league <laughs> yeah, right so. yeah i mean he swapped one guy for another swapping one guy for another because yeah. max garcia coincidentally signs a deal with the new york giants so it was it was basically like the two teams traded offensive alignment yeah let's not sugarcoat this right i mean the cardinals are not getting in will hernandez there's a lot of upside here 
player and potential, and he's young and he's big and he's strong, and there's some stuff to be excited about. But let's not, you know, he, he in his career with the Giants gave up 15 sacks, he gave up 121 pressures in New York. They said his career was a disappointment. He was there for four years. Now there's the, the potential with reuniting with Kugler that this is going to be a really good find for the Arizona Cardinals and work out great. But they're not signing this like Pro Bowl offensive lineman here that's been great, you know, every year and doesn't give up any sacks or pressures. They will Hernandez had his struggles in New York. You just got to point that out because you're getting a guy in a one year deal. You probably get him for for cheap. Sure. And you're hoping to you're hoping to get the most out of him by reuniting him with Sean Kugler. And if we're being honest about it, and we're pointing out kind of the the warts of all of this, I think we have to talk about Josh Jones for a second here because he was a guy who was what a third round pick two years ago, and I think by now we are expecting Josh Jones Smart. to be a steady presence on that offensive line, and instead they have to go out and get Will Hernandez on a one year deal because they don't feel like Josh Jones is ready for the job, is ready for any of the jobs on this offensive line. Especially a guard. I think he's better at tackle. You know, we can get out in a little bit of space. He can get out in space, and I think he's better at at tackle. Guard seems to be a struggle on the inside for him. Now, he can play both positions in a pinch, but I think that was was the one hole on the offensive line was right guard. That was the one hole. Now, whether you plugged it or not, we'll find out, depending on how Hernandez plays. Uh, But that was the one area that was definitely a concern for them going in was the right guard spot. And so you get Steve Keim, who has done well in March with additions like this, has done well on these one-year deals, has done kind of well in free agency, in part to cover up what he hasn't done well, and that's the draft. And and Josh Jones, I mean, third-round pick, you, you kind of have an expectation on a third-round pick, right? Like a third-round pick, it's not always going to hit, but that is an area of the draft that's day two where you're really hoping to be able to find kind of a sneaky starter that comes out of that. Your left tackle was a, was a, was a first-round draft pick. Your left guard was a free agent that you signed and hit on. You, you you hit on that big time. Your center was a trade. You hit on that big time. Your right guard now is a one-year free agent. And then your right tackle was a free agent that you hit on. Yeah. So you've you know you've got one drafted guy starting on your offensive line, and he's been very good, very good. Uh, but there's only the one, and then some of the other draft picks you've got are you know are backups and things like that. So. What now? All right, free agency started two weeks ago today, right? Was it was it two weeks ago? I think this is technically week three. This is technically the beginning of week three of free agency. Yes. Okay. Right. Uh, the Cardinals have signed an inside linebacker. They've signed a cornerback. They've signed a right guard. They still haven't addressed wide receiver. They will. They haven't addressed edge rusher. Mm, that's uh, that's that's the big one, right? It's just harder to get that guy in free agency. Like it's just harder to get that guy. Like you, it's it's difficult. Um, you know, Chandler wanted a lot of money, a lot of money. It just wasn't going to happen here. He ended up getting paid by the Raiders. I think they're paying him based on what he did in the past, not what they think he's going to do. But to get that to replace him, even to replace just what he did last year, forget about what replacing when he was good. It's just difficult. So wide receiver will be easy to replace in free agency. And the draft, I think they'll go both. But they'll be able to sign a free agent wide receiver. Whether they sign a free agent edge rusher or not, I'm 50-50 on Burnsy. I just don't know that there's anybody out there that they really like. I think they'll continue to look at it. They'll probably end up signing somebody. Because you've got to have somebody. a depth guy. They have to sign but there's somebody. Just, whoever you get is not like the guy that's going to go get you 12 sacks is not out there right yeah, now. Yeah, and here's why I say they, they 
I, I think they have to sign. They have to sign an edge rusher simply because you can't go into the uncertainty of the draft. Okay, given given that this isn't a team that has the best draft history in the first place, you can't go into the draft saying, "Okay, we've looked through free agency. There's nobody out there we like. We have got to find a pass rusher." In the draft. I just don't think you can go into the draft with that level of uncertainty. You will have to sign somebody, even if it's just on a one year deal, somebody who gives you a little bit of certainty at the position rather than needing to hit on a guy in the draft. Because if you're counting on hitting on a guy in the draft, first of all, that's hard enough for teams that are good at the NFL draft. For teams that are kind of mediocre at it, like the Cardinals have been the last few years, that's a big, big risk going into April to not address it at all. Until then, I think they have to go get one. I think they will definitely address wide receiver. As I've said, there still is some interest in bringing back A.J. Green. Have not ruled that out. I think they like Chris Olave in the draft, and I think they like the Alabama kid in the draft as well at wide receiver. So you could go wide receiver in the first round. I mean, if you get a good wide receiver, it's not A.J. Green. You get somebody else that you like. I mean, you know, edge, I think first two rounds, I wouldn't be surprised if they go wide receiver and edge rusher, and, you know, I don't know what which order that they would go in. I think you also look at corner, and you always look at, uh, you know, offensive linemen. I just don't know when you look at the list of edge rushers that are out there if there's if there's anybody that's going to blow you away. I don't think you're going to sit there and you know it might be a Will Hernandez type, a guy to hey three three years ago in 2018 this guy had nine sacks, yeah, and he missed a few games in 2020 and 2012. Like it might be that type of guy. And that's and when I say that's fine, okay, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not saying that's great. I'm saying that's fine because that's better than nothing. If the alternative is don't sign anybody at all and just wait to draft one or go get somebody on a one-year deal, and you have to go get somebody at least on a one-year deal. You have to. Protection in case the draft pick doesn't work out. I get it. I understand. I'm I'm, I'm on the same page with you. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what week three of free agency brings for the Arizona Cardinals. Do want to remind you, we've got the Burns and Gambo uh, podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of our show. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce Kelly. Williams Realty East Valley. Get the most money selling your home for cash. Go to highestprice.com. That's highestprice.com. As we're sure many of you are feeling blue about your bracket, no worries. This is the bluest, blue, bloodiest Final Four we've had in a long time. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter Poll, presented by Sanderson Ford. We have Eric with today's Twitter Poll question of the day. The Lakers, <laughs> the 76ers weren't the only team that blew a big lead yesterday. The Lakers had a ginormous lead against the New Orleans Pelicans and blew it and lost. But hey, Anthony Davis practiced today, Burnsy. Yeah, do. Yay, that's great. Uh, but LeBron James is now hurt, and that Lakers team a game away from falling out of the play-in tournament. The Lakers stink! (laughs) The one good take Stephen A. has had? Yeah, it's about time, Stephen A. It's about time. Yeah, they are number 10 right now in the Western Conference. They fall to 11. They finish at 11. They ain't making the play-in tournament Mm -hmm. at all. So, well, you know what, Eric? 
enough of me. What's our poll question well, today? The poll question, of course, plays off of that, Burns, as you are a professional who sets everything up. The question is, when it comes to the Lakers and the playoffs, what do you want to happen to them? Your two options are make the playoffs to face the Suns so they can beat the life out of them. Or have them miss the playoffs and let them suffer. Man, this is a hard question. If you play them, you will humiliate them. Should. You will embarrass them. You will sweep their sorry asses. Salsa dance on the grave. And we will absolutely enjoy every minute of the Lakers getting humiliated like that. But to not get in the playoffs... God, this is a hard question. It's not an easy one. It would be funny after they add this whole Listen, thing to make it easier to get I want to play him. I want to play him. You want him? Because I know that they have, like, I want it, yeah, because it's, I mean, it's basically, they're going to be Will Smith, and the Lakers are going to be Chris Rock. <laughs> I mean, they're going to. Wait, hold on. Did I say the B word? Hold on, hold on. No, you, just keep that team's you, name out of your mouth. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Keep my team's name out your mouth. Wow. Uh, and, by the way, 32 minutes into the show, yeah, we had our first Will Smith. I thought it would be sooner. Rock reference. I thought it was going to be two. I'm surprised it didn't come up sooner, but that was the first one we had. Um, I do not fear the Lakers at all. Not one bit. I would love it if they didn't even make the plays. I, 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 I'd be, I think it would be tremendously entertaining if they didn't even make the play-in tournament. So I'm going to vote for they don't even make it. Well, we've got a representation on if if the Suns would face the Lakers in the playoffs. We have a blowout. 77.2% of people say miss it and let them suffer. Mm. 22.8% say make it and let the Suns beat them. I've got a little Lakers trivia for you guys. I mean, do you guys know how many games they've lost this season? It's a big number. 43. And you know how every Twitter account does like the final score thing and they just say final, period, if it's a loss and they post like a picture of the player and the score, right? Okay, yeah. How many of those tweets do you think LeBron James has been featured in when they tweet about a loss this season? They've lost 43 times. Zero. Uh, one or two. Zero. The answer is zero. It's got in his contract. You can't post, you can't put a picture of him up if they lose a game. Zero. Is that true? It, it, I think it, so. I don't know if that's true, but it's it could be true. Rich Paul is one heck of a negotiator then. Wow, seriously. Yeah, he's not, you can't feature him if you lose. Only in a win. I've got the Suns numbers if you want to know from their small amount of losses. It's a group or team picture four times. And Booker and CP3 have been three times each. Then other players have like one or two appearances, but they've I'm, been tweeted in losses. I'm fascinated. Can you build that in your contract? Does he have I have that? it in my contract that after every bad show, they only blame you. Also, wait, that can't be true. There's a bad show. It's your fault. He was featured in that entire Space Jam remake. That can't possibly uh, that's a good be point. true. That's Guys good had point. low energy. Oh, it was Bernsey. <laughs> Our ratings were down. Well, you Bernsey. know, it's Bernsey. You're the Russell Westbrook of the show, man. The Seriously, yeah. It's, I, see, I don't, I don't have the agent Gambo does. I don't have it built into my contract yeah. that he gets blamed for when things are bad. Now I know. Now I understand why every show meeting we've ever had for the last 10 years, when things are good, I never get any of the credit. When things are bad, now I know. Now I know why I get the blame. Now All right. You know. That's the poll so question. 16 years to figure it out. But yeah, you know. It is. You can find the poll question on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. At Burns and Gambo is where it's at. The final four is, uh, is Mecca for uh, a player and a coach. It just, there's nothing like it. And so for me, it's like I call it crossing a bridge. And very few people cross that bridge. And so I've been able to cross it 
with my teams 12 times. That is obviously Coach K, and he is going into the final, final four of his career, the 13th of his career, Mm -hmm. and the final four is set, and it is just about the blue, bloodiest final four you ever saw in your life. Duke, North Carolina, Villanova, and Kansas. Yeah, Kansas takes down number 10 Miami, so they advance the number one seed. The Jayhawks were unbelievable. They out-rebounded Miami 42-28. to They went 13 for 26 from the free throw line. The Jayhawks were really good. Duke, they beat Arkansas. Coach K reaches his record-setting 13th Final Four. They shot 50% from behind the arc, and the Razorbacks just couldn't shoot. Villanova defeats Houston. They advance to their seventh Final Four in program history. So so they win uh, that game. They were very good in that game. And Houston just couldn't shoot. I mean, they shot 29.8% in the game. They just could not make a basket to save their lives. And then, uh, obviously, St. Peter's goes down to North Carolina. Uh, they, you know, that, that magical run ended. But what a run that was, right? First 15 seed to make the Elite Eight. They upset Kentucky and Purdue. They ended a 21-game winning streak by Murray State. Uh, they obliterated everybody's bracket um, and just you know that was incredible. Zero point one percent of the country had the correct final four of Kansas, Villanova, Duke, and North Carolina. Which, when you think about it, is amazing, right? That anybody I mean, had that? Yeah, yeah, well, no, I mean, I, blue blood. I understand if you look at the numbers. Okay, it's so Duke is a it's a, a one, two twos, and an eight, right? So it's not it's one, not, two twos, one, two twos, and, and an eight. eight. Yes. Uh, Kansas was the one. Yeah. Nova and Duke were the twos. North Carolina but, was an eight. But the eight's not so bad, especially when if you watched Duke play North Carolina in Shashevsky's final home game, mm-hmm. which I did, and they throttled Duke in that game. They throttled them. You know, a lot of people may have watched that game and said, "Okay, North Carolina is good. Like they, they didn't have a good season, but the way they beat Duke in that last game, you're like, okay, all right. Uh, ACC tournament was kind of a well, who who won that? Virginia Tech. Um, so you're right, yes, it was. It was. It was North Carolina's win over Duke in that final game that made a lot of people believe that North Carolina had a shot here. Yeah. So now it, it sets up for Coach K for a potentially legendary finish for him, waiting for him in the Final Four the forever rival of the Duke Blue Devils, the North Carolina Tar Heels, in a Final Four matchup to see who gets to the national championship game. Win that, and then it's the winner of Kansas versus Villanova in the championship game. And suddenly, isn't it... Isn't it starting to feel like the universe is aligning itself for Coach K to go out with a championship? Are you, are you, are you getting the vibe sure. that this thing is really, and I don't know who's, I don't know why, I don't know how. I don't think they win it. You don't? Oh, so you don't think that it's lining up for Coach K no, to I win mean, it? No, I, I mean, I could say it. They're two wins away. They've got a, they, they play a North Carolina team that, you know, obliterated them the last time they played them. And then if you win, even if you win that game, I mean, Kansas, Remy Martin, oof, man. I know, right? Remy Martin, former Sun Devil That's in funny, the I, Final Four. I was, at, I was with some friends on Saturday, and I asked, they're both diehard Sun Devil fans. Are and they I, rooting for him? I asked them the same question, and I said, are you rooting against Remy Martin? And they're like, no, not rooting against him. Okay. I hope he does. He was a good Sun Devil when he was here. I hope he does well. And I was, I was, because we had that brief conversation Ugh. last week about whether, because I was watching him, and I, I don't find that I'm rooting for him. I don't find that I want him or them to do well because of what he did here. And so I asked these two guys if they were rooting against Remy Martin at all because he left the program high and dry, and they just they said no, they weren't at all. Wow, I, I mean. Part of that is, hey, look what happens if you don't go to ASU. You're in the, I mean. Right. 
You got a chance, like, you know, because I, I, here's the negative. It goes, you're at, a, you're at ASU, you don't do anything, you don't go anywhere, you transfer to a program like that, and you're in the Final Four with a chance to win a championship. Like, not a good selling point for ASU. No, it's not. not. a good selling point. No, it's not. Especially when they've got four of the kids in the transfer portal. Including Jalen Graham. <laughs> Jalen Graham is in the transfer portal now. Um, so uh, it does surprise me a little bit that the percentage of people who predicted these things, who filled out a bracket, couldn't get this one right. Because in retrospect, you kind of look at it, and it's easy to say this now in retrospect, but there's no, you know, yeah, the numbers are a little crazy. North Carolina was an eight seed. But you look at those four teams, and I've got the numbers here in front of me. All right, this is how blue blood this is. These four teams have combined for 61 Final Four berths and 17 national championships. Oh, my God. Nearly 21% of the titles that have ever been won have been won by by one of these four programs. One out of every four, one out of every five championship that has ever been won has been won by one of these four teams. What's, in the our, what's, of our, what's our local representation with the Suns? We got Mikhail. Mikhail from Villanova. We got Cam Johnson. Johnson for North Carolina. We got Josh Jackson. <laughs> we don't have Josh Jackson anymore. We got Markeith Morris. Yeah, no, we don't have Marcus him. Morris. I think it's just the two, right? Is it just the two? I don't think there's any other. Cam's the only Carolina guy. They don't have any Duke guys. They don't have any Kansas guys. Yeah, I think it's just the two. Just a double check. So I think you're, I think we could potentially. North Carolina wins. Villanova wins. I was going to say, all I'm hearing is another lemonade stand. Lemonade stand, take two. That's it, right? Electric boogaloo. That's it. Lemonade stand, part two. Let's go. Let's go. Who wants to see the rematch? Who wants to see? Oh, campaign was Murray State. Didn't they get taken out by St. Peter's? Right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that anybody else who would have qualified. That's it. Yeah. Campaign lost to St. Peter's. That's got to be embarrassing. Devin Booker, Kentucky. They got beat by St. Peter's, too. Man, a lot of those guys are crying over St. Peter's. Big time. Yeah, no, that was it. That's it. You just got 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 Cam Johnson, and then you've got uh, Mikael Bridges. That's it. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, for a team that is rebuilding, for a team that they're not expecting a whole lot in terms of wins and losses, at least we're not expecting a whole lot in terms of wins and losses, the Arizona Diamondbacks did something attention-grabbing over the weekend, and they finalized it today. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo. Swung on fly ball to right, hit it pretty well, and it is gone! Grand Slam Marte, 6-5! Boy, he came back with a cut fastball, and again, right in Marte's wheelhouse. Not going to lie to you, Gambo. Yeah. Caught you by surprise? There were things that I came into this Monday expecting mm. to be talking about, right? Like, there were things, the, okay, I know we're going to talk about the Final Four. I know we're going to talk about Sun Sixers. You had reported last week that Will Hernandez was going to be in for that visit with the Cardinals on Sunday. So the, the first three segments of our show today have been topics that I could have told you on Friday were probably going to be on our show sheet today. A Cattell Marte contract extension with the Arizona Diamondbacks? 
Was not on my radar. No. Was not something I was no. thinking, okay, that's going to make the cut on this Monday afternoon. The Diamondbacks, Ketel Marte, have reportedly agreed to a five-year, $76 million contract extension that starts in 2023, runs through 2027. Once completed, he will have earned $84 million through six years. Well, they signed him to a steal of a deal, and that deal, it's crazy. That He was under contract this year. Next year and the year after that. Next year for ten million, the year after that for twelve million. So those options now get replaced with guaranteed years, and then again it's like this extra money to the deal. So, you know, they did have him for this year and then twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four, but you know, this is a player that they really like. Five year seventy six million dollar extension begins next season, runs through twenty twenty seven. Um a team option for twenty twenty eight. So basically they have locked up Cattell Marte. Now I don't know that I don't think there's anything about a no trade clause in here. So it's still a very friendly contract that you if if you're another team that you know you're gonna like that. It's not a ton of money for a great player. So I still think that puts him in line if at any point they have to trade him. It's not a ridiculously crazy contract to have him five years and seventy six million dollars in new money is not that crazy of a deal. No, it's in fact that I, I from Cattell's standpoint, I would love to know what it was that motivated him. I mean, other than the obvious five years, twenty four million. Yeah, well, I, okay, and he's gonna get seventy six million dollars now. But to have signed two very team friendly deals, you know, you kind of wonder, like, what's the what's the motivation to do that when you could have hit free agency in a few years, still in the prime of his career? So long of a wait. All of twenty twenty two, all of twenty twenty three, all of twenty twenty four. You risk injury, you risk struggling and not playing well. Like this, you know, this locks up all this extra money, seventy six million dollars in new money. Like, you know, you don't, you don't. I just don't think you can pass that up. I always say you can't blow your first big contract. Now, five years and twenty four million dollars is a big contract, but. You know, he well outperformed that contract. Of course, I and, mean, and, come on. And I guess that's what I mean is that he he had already signed that first big contract, right? He had already, and it, it was it, but was, not, is that, it wasn't that big. Was it big enough to count as a big one? I don't know. But twenty four million dollars after agency fees, taxes, and everything, he's got what eleven, twelve million bucks. I mean, it's, it's not a lot. Of money. I mean, it is. It is but, you know, a lot of money. But does it take care of you for the rest of your life? Probably. But I'm saying, like, this is this is different. Okay, now you know you could buy a really nice house in Arizona and live comfortably on $11, $12 million and have money in the bank and all that stuff. He could go buy houses all over the world right now. There's a lot of, he, he, this is life-changing money. Sure. $76 million, It's life-changing money. But it, everything. Him, him, and now he takes care of generations of families. The Marte family, um, they, generations of the Martes are now taken care of with this contract. I just think they had you under a barrel with the next three years. You know, you probably went to them and, 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 and you, were under, you, you were underpaid and you know what? You signed a real team-friendly deal and the Diamondbacks were open to do a better deal with you. They were open to locking you up for a few more years and taking care of a player who was, you know, performed very, very well considering the contract he was under. It's just not often you see a player who has signed not one but two deals that you would term as team friendly deals, right? It's not it's very rare that you'll see a player do it twice. But yeah. I, I would agree that this says, I think, a lot more about the Arizona Diamondbacks than it does about Cattell Marte. Because you're right, at the end of the day, hey, somebody wants to give you $76 million to play baseball, let's play ball, right? I mean, who's, not a lot of guys are going to say no to that kind of money when you're Cattell Marte. If you're the Arizona Diamondbacks, this whole offseason, when we weren't talking about the lockout, this whole offseason, we were talking about whether the Diamondbacks were going to trade Cattell Marte, whether they should trade Cattell Marte, whether there was some bigger 
picture rebuilding effort that sort of mandated that they trade Cattell Marte. And instead, instead of zigging, they zagged, right? Yes. Instead of instead of dealing him for prospects because they could have taken that team-friendly contract and shopped it, and I'm sure gotten a mother load of a deal in exchange, instead of zigging, they zagged. Does this tell us anything about how close they think they are to the next great Arizona Diamondbacks baseball team with these with this farm system the way it is? Oh, that's a good question. Um, everybody's raving about the farm system, but you know a lot of these guys, you, you got to prove it. I mean, uh, you may the, the Diamondbacks farm system, Baseball America, like everybody ranks it very, very high, and they've got players that are, you know, still a few years away from getting here. Um, they went out in free agency. And I think the grade that I saw on ESPN today for their free, you know, for their off season was a D. Yeah, you know, they added Mark Melanson and they added Ian Kennedy and. Uh, Melanson could be traded. You know, if he plays really well, sure. you got to close, you could trade him. But they didn't really do anything to to make this a better team. And their payroll is a lot less than what it was a couple of years ago. But keep in mind, when I say what I say now, I'm not talking about this year's Diamondbacks team. You're talking about the future. I'm talking yeah. about the Diamondbacks three years from now. I'm talking about the Diamondbacks two years from now. And wanting to make absolute sure that Keptel Marte is going to be on that team. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it seems to me that this is... This is in some ways, and I'm, I swear I'm not trying to spin this in the positive, but this is the Diamondbacks' way of kind of telling themselves and telling their fan base, okay, look, here in a couple years, we're going to be good. So, we, got, we got a really good farm system, and we're going to be really good. And right now, we've got a really good player in Cattell Marte, and we want to make sure he's around when these guys are for when we're good again. So Corbin Carroll's 21 years old. He's that top prospect. He's in high A. Alec Thomas is 21. He's in AAA. Jordan Lawler, he's 19 years old. Perdamo is 22 years old. Um, so, like, you know, that's like some of their top prospects. Blake uh, Walston, left-handed pitcher, 20 years old. The number eight prospect, De Los Santos, 18 years old. I understand what you're saying. It's just you know this. I mean, we're baseball guys. Man, it's like... You know, guys aren't going to be 21 years old and starting in the major leagues or 22 years old and start. It's hard. It's a hard game to play. You know, so when these guys are 24, 25, if they can break through, you're still talking three more years maybe for some of these top prospects to be. Now, you'll have some prospects that are closer that are, you know, if you look at the guys in double-A, like Dre Jameson, number five prospects, a pitcher, he's 24 years old in double-A, and Ryan Nelson is 23, and he's in double-A. So those guys may be a little bit closer than that, might be a year or two years away. Yep. But you're still like, okay, so Marte is, how old is he? 28. I think he's 28. 28. So, yeah. So I think I, what you're saying is when he's 30, 31, right. he could be the veteran leader for a lot of these younger guys that are coming up. When he's 30, 31, you've got cost certainty over the best player on your team. And Cattell Marte, you've got these young contracts, and now you've got the flexibility financially to kind of build around these young guys if you want. Trade the ones that you don't think are going to turn into great Major League Baseball players. Use that to make your... It, it, to me, it it's shrewd what the Diamondbacks did, and it's very bullish, I think, on the two-year future from now. now. Does that make this year any better? No. Does that make next year any better? Probably not. I, I saw one gambling website put the over-under on wins for the Diamondbacks this year at like 65 and a half. All right? That, and that's kind of indicative of the season we're expecting. But everybody believes this farm system is all that and a side of slaw. And if they're a couple years away, at least you've got your cornerstone player. Who, by the way, 
No more of this center field second base no, thing for Cattell Marte. Yeah. He is a second baseman. Yeah, they don't want the, the wear and tear on him in the outfield, so he'll play second base and get comfortable there. And that's some, one of the things that we've talked about with Lavello too, is stop moving all of these guys around. You know, let a guy get comfortable out of position and not have to worry about, you know, different, I got to bring, which glove am I bringing to the field today? My infielder's glove, my outfielder's glove. Like, just let, let settle in with some positions for these guys. Uh, you mentioned Perdomo, Geraldo yeah. Perdomo, their shortstop, uh, uh, prospect. We might see him a little bit sooner than expected this year, potentially. Nick Ahmed is battling soreness in his right shoulder. He missed, uh, he's going to have an MRI taken to determine the exact issue. In fact, I just saw on Steve Gilbert's Twitter account, who covers the Diamondbacks for MLB.com, Nick Ahmed had an MRI on his right shoulder, and the Diamondbacks shortstop said it was, quote, kind of inconclusive, close quote, from a standpoint that there's not a huge tear or anything soft tissue-wise. So right now he's going to try to rehab it and see what happens. But if that's a lingering thing and he doesn't play right away, you might see Perdomo as your starting opening day shortstop yeah. with Nick Ahmed's played, not ready played to go. 10 games at shortstop last season with the big league club. You got Rojas, who you you know, you know have Ellis play third and have Rota, uh, Rojas play short. He's day-to-day now, but we'll see how that goes. Perdomo, we'll see. I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a young kid. He's a talented prospect. He's a top five prospect in that organization. He's worked a lot on kind of reworking his string and trying to hit for more power. So we'll see if he gets the opportunity. But yeah, it would be nice at some point later this year to see a lot of these younger prospects got an opportunity. Devin Booker is the NBA's Western Conference Player of the Week, but is that enough to win MVP? Texas, your name and your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is available for you right now at 620-620. Speaking of the Suns, we're going to stick with the Suns because at this point in the season, the Suns are firmly locked into their seating in the playoffs. Does that mean guys are going to start getting rest? Monty weighed in on the topic. You'll hear what he had to say next on the Burns and Gambo Show.